You're listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Electrician Live. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host as always, and welcome to the podcast. Haven't done a podcast in a few days. It's been extremely busy here uh, at ECA, so just been unable to to get something out to you. I've uh, been working on some videos for the Patreon folks and things like that. It's just been a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but I wanted to touch on a topic today uh, in this episode, and is having to do with um, understanding conductor ampacities and, uh, and uh, all those things about uh, derating and, and, and all that, because I've got actually a video out on that called Derating Demystified. And it's probably one of my more popular videos uh, that are that is being watched right now on our YouTube channel. Uh, but there's so many questions I still get, and I spent most of the morning today uh, dealing with other things, but having to deal with, uh, explain to an engineer uh, the concepts of when you can use a 90-degree rating and insulation and everything to do with 110.14C and, and you know, your terminal limitations and impacities and and all that kind of stuff. So I figured it would make a good refresher for folks that are struggling with this. Um, and again, I can I can feel your pain, your struggle, because it can be uh, difficult for folks uh, to understand uh, to make sure that you're actually selecting the right size wire and, and all this kind of stuff. So kind of in an example, I try to explain that uh, that let's say I have a motor circuit. And it's just to a motor. It's the easiest way to explain these. And, and we're not going to talk about other things like short circuit ground fault protection and 430.52. We're just going to talk about conductors and conditions of use and all this kind of stuff. Because it's kind of will be, you know, to be germane to the overall scope of what we're talking about. And oh, by the way, I did find out on Instagram that some of the younger people think that I am an old, boring guy to listen to. So I apologize for those out there who find what I have to teach or what I do is being boring, uh, because to be honest with you, you don't matter. What matters is the people that find the information helpful and beneficial. That's what we're after. Okay. So I'm sorry I'm not as uh, engaging uh, as you'd like me to be. All right. So first things first, let's just start from scratch. Let's assume we're dealing with a motor. Let's say it's a uh, 230 volt three-phase, 15 horsepower. Let's just go with that. So uh, you all know that the first thing we want to do when we're, we're talking conductor sizes for motors, we're going to go to 430.250 if it's three-phase. And we're going to go down the column and go and we might as well say it's an induction-type squirrel cage or whatever. We'll, we'll just say that. Okay. And so, again, we'll say, it's, to keep it simple, 230, at either rate, we'll say it's continuous duty unless we state otherwise. So under 230 volts, you go down to 15 horsepower. It's 42 amperes, okay? So it's 42, is that's the FLC. So once we know the FLC, um, then we can go to 430.22. Now, 430.22 is what it talks about um, when we're sizing for a single motor. And, of course, this is under motor circuit conductors, okay? This is so, um, this is, and, of course, the general rules here, uh, I'm going to tell you what is what is the 430.22 deal with? It says conductors that apply a single motor used in a continuous duty application 
shall have an ampacity of not less than 125% of the motor's FLC, which we just finished getting, which was the 42 amps, by the way. And um, as determined in 430.6A1, which ultimately is what sends you to, if you ever wanted to know what sends you to 430, 248, 249, or 250 tables, uh, it's 430.6 is what ends up ultimately sending you there. All right? And it says, or not less than specified in 430.22A through G, because there's actually some specific allowances in A through G that you would deal with. So uh, we're going to talk about the general application because that's probably what's running into the most. And, and that is just a typical continuous duty uh, squirrel cage motor that is 15 horsepower, 230 volts. We already determined the FLC is 42 amperes. And here it says that I have to take it. And again, we're doing conductors. Conductors that supply this single motor in a continuous duty application uh, have to be 125% of the full low current FLC. So we had 42. We'll do that times 1.25. So that's 52.5. Now, again, we're not doing anything today for short circuit and ground fault protection in 430.25. We're just doing conductors right now. Okay, that's it. We're just doing the branch circuit conductor. That's it. Okay. So in this case here, and we're not even doing multiple motors at this point under 430.24, okay? And I should say multiple motors as well as other continuous or non-continuous loads other than motors, okay? We're just doing a simple motor to illustrate the conductor sizing. Okay, so in our case, that's 52.5 of the amps that we need. So the next thing that we typically do is uh, typically, before we even get into 110.14c for terminal limitations, because we know that if it's 100 amps or less, it's 60. It's over 100, it's 75. But I'm allowed to, even under the 60, if it's 100 or less, if my conductor's insulation is rated 75 and my terminals are rated 75, then I can use the opacity values in 75, okay? If if the terminals are rated 60, then I'm going to be in the 60-degree column, okay? If I'm unable to determine, I'm going to go by the size of conductor and or the ampacity of the situation that's going to push me into the six degree column uh, or if everything's labeled properly, then I'm going to be up in the 75 degree column. Okay. So again, that's keeping 110.14c pretty simple in a nutshell. Okay. Most of the time today, other than on an exam, it's not an issue because typically most motors, I'll say most motors, are going to be 75-degree rated terminals. Of course, you got to look at the terminals in the real world and see what you're dealing with. But in most cases, they're going to be rated 75-degree C. Okay? So even if the ampacity value was under 100, if the terminals are 75, the conductors you're using are probably going to be 90-degree rated insulation because today most are going to be uh, THHN, THWN-2 or XHHW-2. So most of them are going to be 90 degree. Now, you could run into that THW, and again, 1H is still 75. If you run into a TW, then it's 60. It has no H, okay? So, I mean, just be very aware of the different types of insulation. But I think probably for you and me in the real world, most cases we're going to deal with is going to be 90 degree rated insulation. So, the 90 degree insulation is going to allow us to do something in a second. We'll look at it. But at the end of the day, it's the weakest link theory. The terminals on the motor are probably going to be 75 degrees C rated. Check your terminals. Don't quote me for gospel. But that's typically what it's going to be. 
Okay, so kind of laying that out before we got any further, I just wanted to lay that out there for all my my haters out there. All right, so now once you get that, then we're going to go, and we know that it's got to be 125%, and so it's 52.5. So now we're going to go to 31015B16, or if you're in the 2020 code, you're going to go to 31016, and we're going to be looking for impacities. All right, now remember, we haven't stated anything else to this point. We haven't stated whether there's an adjustment or correction to take place that many people refer to this as derating. But, but basically, we, we haven't made any reference to that yet. But I will kind of address how you would reference that without giving any other examples because it makes it hard for people to follow on a podcast. So I'm just kind of talking in general for you that are listening. All right, so we're over and we're going to be in the 75 degree column because I'm going to tell you these terminals in the motor are 75. The insulation rating is 90. We know that we can use 90 uh, insulation for adjustment and correction purposes. We'll talk about that in a second. But at the end of the day, 90 is greater than 75. So we know that we're safe in the 75 because, again, the terminals are rated 75. Okay. And so we're going to be in the 70. So, so first thing I would do is pick a conductor in the 75 degree column that is going to be adequate for my application. So if I go to the 75-degree column and I need 52.5, it looks like I'm going to need a 6-gauge. And we're talking copper. Always assume copper unless expressed otherwise. And it looks like I need a 65-amp. Now, here's the thing people ask, okay, for derating and demystified. This is, what, this is where most people will get confused. Um, well, I don't know if I should say most people. Some people will get confused at this point is, what happens if I have conditions of use that, that, are, that apply here? Well, one of the things that I might do uh, and I'm just going to throw some numbers. That way we just have something to work. Um, let's assume that I have, I don't know, let's say I have seven current carrying, uh, that's an odd number. Let's do eight current carrying conductors uh, in this raceway and 31015C1 or 31015B3A, if you're in the 2017 code, is going to say the number of conductors, and these are, I will say that these here, uh, a number of conductors, uh, in this raceway is that we have more than three current carrying conductors. So we're going to say we have eight current carrying conductors. So we're going to have to do it at 70%. So it says 70% here, but it says percentage of value, but we're going to have to do the math. So we're going to do it as 0.70. So just kind of write that down. Next, let's assume that the ambient is not in accordance with the table, okay, which is 30 degrees C, 86 degrees Fahrenheit. Let's assume that it's hotter than that. So we're going to go to 31015B1 in the 2020 code or 31015B2A in the 2017 code. And we're going to go to the ambience and we're going to say it's above the 86 degree. Let's say that it's uh, 104. Now, since our insulation is rated 90, so we'll assume it's THHN, THWN-2, then I go to the 90 column and my temperature rating, I'm going to use my, my uh, uh, correction factor is going to be 0.91. So I'm going to write that down along with my 0.70. So I write 0.91 down. Okay. Okay. So I've got my number of current current conductors that exceed three. Uh, we had eight. So I've got 0.70, 70%. And I have my temper- ambient temperature because it's other than 30 degrees C. And that would give me... because I want to stay in it. Now, if that insulation was only rated 75, I'd have to be in the 75-degree column. But since we're using a 90-degree rated insulation, I can use the 90-degree column for my uh, appropriate correction factor value. 
Okay, so we've got our 0 0.70 and our 0.91. Okay, so the next thing that we can do to qualify our selection. Now, one thing you could do right off the bat if you just were doing this in the real world, since 6 gauge is good for 75, I mean 65, I could go immediately to the right to the 75 because, again, I can use under 31015, it says that I can use the 90 degree provided my insulation is rated for 90 for adjustment and correction purposes only. To determine if I still have a conductor after the application of adjustment and corrections that can still actually handle the load without going below the rating of the 75 degree C column. Okay, so and and so I'm I'm in the 75. I picked the six, but now I could actually do two things. I could take the first step is I could just go to the right and go to the 75, and then do 75 times 0 0.70 times 0.91. So we'll do that. I'll do 75 times 0 0.70 times 0.91, and that is 47.77. And so what that tells me right off the bat that that conductor's new ampacity is only 47.77. It cannot handle my 52.5 amps that I need, okay? So, I mean, that's one way. But the problem with that is now I have to go back and do another step. So another way to do this, it'd help you out, is let's start the other way. So multiplying went from a higher value brings us down. Let's use division. And you've probably heard me talk about this before. So we know what our value is, is 52.5 amps. We got to have that. That's what our calculation was for this motor, all right, for the circuit, okay, brand circuit to it. So I could take 52.5 divided by the same values, 0 0.70 divided by 0.91 equals 82.41. Okay, so now what I want to do is I want to go to the 90 column and I want to find a conductor into the 90 column because our insulation is rated for 90. They can handle 82.41 amps. So I'm going to go over here to the 90 and I'm going to go and say, well, 6 was 75. We just worked that and that didn't work. The next one is a 4 gauge and that's good for 95 amps at the uh, 90 degrees C. So I'm going to say that that has this process. I'm going to take the 90, um, take the 95 amps. Now, now I'm going to go and just, now I could leave right here and say, I'm, if you're confident, you could say, that's fine. I need to bump this thing up to a four gauge and I move on. Okay. Um, but in order to quantify this, I like to do it the other way, just for students to, to be able to get familiar in the feel of how this works, uh, whether you're using division or multiplication to find your conductor. I will now take that 95 amps and I'll multiply it by these correction factors because the code allows me to use the 90. So I will do the 95, which is the value uh, under the 90 degree column for a four gauge. So we're going to try to jump from a six gauge to a four gauge. Okay. So in this case right here, I'm going to do 95 uh, times 0 0.70 times 0.91. And that is equals 60.51. Now, can a conductor's new ampacity rated at 60.51 amps uh, handle a 52.5 amp load? Absolutely. Okay. So I started in the 75 degrees C. And I ended up bumping it up to the next size. And then I did that because at the end of the day, I have to have a conductor that can actually handle the load. So the values of 310.16 or 310.15b16 
are based on the conditions of use of that table. They do change depending on how you would apply any type of ampacity, a value correction, uh, or any type of number of current carrying conductor adjustment. Then you would apply it that way. So the new ampacity, and this is a reason in the 2020 code, we got rid of the term allowable ampacity. Because to be honest with you, the ampacity now of this conductor is 60.5, and I need a conductor that can handle 52.5 after the adjustment and corrections. And obviously, this conductor can handle that after the adjustment and corrections. Okay, So that is the new ampacity of this conductor. Now, protecting that conductor, again, again, we're not really getting into that in this episode because this is all about sizing. Okay, and again, we many people will at this point will say, well, what about 110.14c? Well, we've already established that since the terminals would be 75, the insulation would be 75, that we can utilize it. And why do we say that? Because a lot of people say, no, no, it's it's under 100, so it's got to be rated on the 60. Okay, and I can get where you can feel that, but you have to go back and look and see what it says, okay, for the for the equipment visions. So here's what it says under 110.14C1, and we'll look at it. It says, to determine the termination provisions of equipment shall be based on 110.14C1A or C1B, unless the equipment is listed and marked otherwise. Okay, in our case, it was marked. Okay, conductor ampacities used to determine equipment termination provisions shall be based on table 31015B16 or 31016 if you're in the 2020 edition, as appropriately modified by 310.12. And, of course, that's the 100 through 400 uh, reduced conductor size, the 83% allowance uh, that you can apply if it's applicable to your installation. All right, so it says terminals. A, it says terminal provisions of equipment for circuits rated 100 amperes or less or marked for 14 AWG through 1 shall be used only for one of the following. So it should be rated, conductors rated 60 degrees C. If it's not marked, if you can't tell, and of course the UL listing on the products, it needs to be marking. So you should be able to, in case you can't tell, you know, it'd be 60. The next one says, you know what? Conductors with a higher temperature rating, provided that the ampacity of such conductors determined based on the 60, um, ampacity of the conductors, the size is used. So, I can use it if my terminals are still listed for 60 or these sizes, then I could utilize a higher insulation rating on the insulation, but I'm still stuck to 60. However, next it says three and it goes conductors with a higher temperature rating. If the equipment is listed and identified for use with such conductors. Okay. So we're out of the realm of the 60. Now what we're in is the realm of I can use the values of the insulation of the rating of the terminals as long as everything's listed. And that is how we get the 75 degree terminals with the conductor's insulation that's at least 75, more than often it's probably 90. Uh, except if it's THWN and it's a wet location, then it's still 75. You need that dash two to kick it up to 90, um, which is all important to remember. Okay. Now, the last one is probably what's going to kick us mostly when it comes to motors is it says for motors marked with the design letters B, C, or D, and and again, majority of them are are B, but I mean, there's all kinds of letters. Um, Conductors having an insulation rating of 75 degrees C or higher shall be permitted to be used provided the ampacity of such conductors does not exceed the 75 degrees C ampacity. 
So that's a roundabout way of saying, again, if you're dealing with motors, chances are the terminals are going to be rated 75. And if you're dealing with this design, then you can use it as 75, even though it falls in 100 amperes or less or conductor sizes 14 through 1. Okay. Remember what it said back in the original provision, though, at the start. It says that unless equipment is listed and marked otherwise. So if my equipment and everything's marked 75, then I'm going to be able to use the 75-degree column in that ampacity. Now, when you bump this up into the over 100 is where you get the conductors are rated for 75, and you get the basically it's the same specific rules that you utilize, okay? Nothing, nothing different in the language, okay? But it doesn't have to be any statement, to be honest with you, about motors there because the motors are typically going to be 75 degree anyway across the board. And if you're dealing in sizes that are over 100 amperes uh, or conductor sizes, one uh, larger than one AWG, I guess that'd be one odd larger, uh, then you're going to just be in the 75 degree column. So no references made here to using the 90 degree C for adjustment and corrections. Uh, as we just kind of, kind of talked about, right? But you'll notice that in three ten dot fifteen a, it'll state it says the temperature correction adjustment factors shall be permitted to be applied to the ampacity for the temperature rating of the conductor. If the conductor, if the correction corrected and adjusted ampacity does not exceed the ampacity for the temperature rating of the termination in accordance with the provisions of 110.14c. So when you're in the 75-degree column, if I had an adjustment and correction and I choose such a bigger conductor that ultimately it's say that the limit on the 75-degree column was 65 amps, that it came back at 80 amps or 70 amps, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden somebody can say, oh, crap, I can exceed the 65. Since it now has an adjusted or corrected from the 90 at 70, I can use it at 70. No, you're still going to be limited by the 75. All you're really doing is using the 90-degree columns ampacity values to check and make sure that your selection in the 75-degree column for your ampacity needs, in our case, 52.5 amps, is making sure that it has enough current carrying ability even after an adjustment of corrections. Okay? And if that number after the adjustment of corrections on that conductor from the 90 ends up still being higher than the max value for that conductor in the 75, it doesn't mean I can use it at that higher value. I'm just confirming that my conductor still has adequate current carrying capacity. So the easiest way to remember this is always go to the the limitations of the terminal column first and pick your conductor. Then check yourself using the 90 degree ampacity values if your conductor has an insulation value of 90 degrees C. Check it and make sure that after the adjustment and corrections, your conductor still has the ability to safely carry that current. Okay, And that's kind of how you work it uh, in... In my mind, it's it's it, I've been doing it so long that it it seems simple, but it can be complicated. So hopefully you you got something out of that little lesson. Again, a lot to try to do in a podcast. Um, and the only other question that people ask me is they say, "Hey, Paul, table three ten fifteen B two, which I guess in the twenty seventeen code I can't remember is three ten fifteen B two B I guess, um, the one that deals with 
the amb- uh, correction factors based on 40 degrees C. Uh, that's specifically used in the tables that have the 40 degree baseline. Okay. And so you would use this for those. Okay. And so example would that be, would be, uh, I guess, uh, let's see, that would be 310.18. That would be 310.19. Uh, that would be 310.20, that'd be 310.21. All of those deal with 40 degrees C, so obviously if it's adjustment of correction, you're going to use uh, you're going to use that table for that. But generally for me and you, for most everyday applications, uh, we're going to use 310.16, 310.17, or 310.16, uh, 310.15B16 in the 2017 code, or 310.15B17 in the 2017 code. We're going to use that with the 30 degrees C column if we have to have uh, any uh, any type of ambient temperature corrections, okay? So don't let your mind wander to the other table uh, when it comes to ambient temperatures that use the 40 degrees C unless your question deals with something to do with tables 310.15, B18, 19, or 20, or 21, okay? So don't let your mind wander on those. So hopefully you got something out of that. Ultimately, at the end of the day, all we're really trying to do is make sure that our conductor can still safely carry the current that's going to be imposed on it. Um, And again, that's a good lesson when explaining things like um, understanding calculations when I can use division and multiplication. If I already know the ampacity value and I have to select the conductor in the 90, then I'm going to use division to go up. If I've already picked the conductor size that I want and I want to make sure that it has the ability to carry the current adequately after adjustment of corrections, then I start with the ampacity of my selected larger conductor and I use a multiplication to work it down. So you can do division to work it up, multiplication to work it down, and ultimately that's how you're going to size the conductor to make sure that, again, that it can safely carry the current. Now, obviously we weren't going to get into the motors, but in a motor... This is occasions where 240.4G allows us, by virtue of 240.4D for, say, smaller conductors, that will actually let me have a short-circuit ground fault protection that is much, 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 much larger than typically what would be allowed to protect a conductor. Because you have small conductor rules where you protect a 14-gauge at 15, a 12-gauge at 20, and a 10-gauge at 30. Um but you have some allowances for motors, HVAC applications, and a couple other locations under the table under the table G, 240.4G. And in this case, if I was finishing this out uh, and I was going to do the short circuit of ground fault protection, uh, I didn't really want to go into motors. But if I was, then I would go to 430.52. Uh, uh, and if I'm at 430.52, you'll see the maximum rating setting. Uh, for the motor short circuit ground fault protection. And we're just going to say it's a circuit breaker inverse time. Uh, in inverse time, meaning the higher the current, the quicker it trips. The lower the current, the longer it can maintain. So in this case, if you look at it here and you look at 430.52, you're going to see that it is, again, all of this is going to be based on the FLC. Okay. So if based on the FLC in this table, then what you're going to do is you're going to apply it, and I'm going to take the, uh, you notice at the top it says percent of the table, 430.52, if you look at it and you come down, you'll see what it says. It says percentage of full load current. 
Well, you obviously got that from 430, 248, 249, or 250, depending on whether you're dealing with single phase, two phase, three phase. All right. All right. So in this case, 250% because our motor was a three phase motor. Uh, and, uh, and we'll just say it was, again, I think we said it was a squirrel cage. Uh, and we'll say that it was uh, design B just for giggles because that's typically what you get. And so in that case, you move to the right and you'll see that it's based on 250%. Okay, so let's kind of look at this here, work this out. So remember what we said the FLC was for this, you know, and this was before we did anything, right? This was before we applied 125% or whatnot like that. So I think it was 42 amps. So that was our FLC. So we did 42 times 2.50, and that equals 105. So 105 is what we need for our short circuit and ground fault protection. And I can tell you right now that will not correspond. <laughs> that will not correspond to, to any device uh, at all. So what we're going to have to do with that is we're going to go to 240.6 and 240.6. And that's our list of, of uh, standard rated fuses or inverse time circuit breakers. That's what we're working with. And let's see, I've got 100 and I got a 110. So one of the things to notice here is that uh, we have some, you know, there's some exceptions. Again, you notice it says the maximum rating and setting of the short circuit ground fault protection, okay? So we're going to go back over to two, uh, to 430.52C1, and that is, it says, a protective device that has a rating or setting not exceeding the value calculated in accordance with the values given in four thir- table 430.52 shall be used. Okay, so we did that. We had 105. Now, I, wanna, I don't have a 105 rated device. In 240.6. But I know that there's an exception that I can apply here. Okay. And let's see, because this says maximum rating, so I need to know that I can use the exception. And so we're going to go look here. Inception number one says, where the values for branch, uh, for branch circuit, short circuit, and ground fault protection devices determined by table 430.52 do not correspond to the standard size or rating of fuses, non-adjustable circuit breakers, thermal protective devices, or possible settings of adjustable circuit breakers, a higher size rating or possible setting, I don't like that word, possible setting, that does not exceed the next higher standard rated, uh, standard ampere rating shall be permitted. So it's permissive. So obviously I could go down to a 100, but I am permitted to go up to a 110 because a 105 doesn't exist. So this is an example where I would have a 105 amp rated circuit breaker that's going to provide the short circuit and ground fault protection because that is what they do. Um, And I could have that protection, but our conductor, if you remember, was, I guess, was six gauge. And people do freak out about that for whatever reason. They'll look at it and say, well, wait a minute. Six gauges, uh, excuse me, we jumped up to a, I think we jumped up to a four gauge, sorry. We jumped to a four gauge, which is good for 85 amperes uh, under the column C. It was 90 uh, for, uh, at 95 at the uh, 90 degrees C, but remember we were 
going to stick to what it is under the 75, and that is perfectly fine. It's good for 85. I only needed it for the, you know, after adjustment and correction, our ampacity dropped down to 60-some, right? So that was adequate for our, our load, so that was fine. Everything was done. So the question now is, is it, is it okay to have this 4-gauge on a 110-amp overcurrent device? And the answer is yes. And how do we get that allowance? Um, because that allowance is basically afforded us in 240.4D, and I'll go there, and you should go there too if you're following along in your code book. And you'll notice that it's talking about the small conductors, and then it ultimately will tell you in 240.4D, it says, unless specifically permitted in 240.4E or G, the overcurrent protection shall not exceed the required uh, that required by D1 through 3D7, and we can really stop there. If you go over to table 240.4G, you come down and you'll see that you have motors listed 430, part 2, part 3, part 4, part 5, part 6, part 7. All of those will have certain types of rules that are going to be contrary to what we are familiar with with a normal small conductor rule. And it's okay. It's fine. The concept is you have your full load current. And then ultimately, you're going to have normal running current, and everything's going to be fine. You'll have your surge to start up. Everything is good. But it can handle it. Not going to be a problem. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the FLC is 42 amps. And the conductor is adequately sized. But in a short circuit ground fault protection, typically it's going to be anywhere between five to six times the rating of the actual circuit breaker. It takes to trip it. And if you're going to have a fault, it's going to be way, way, way higher than that. Okay? Way higher than, than that. So uh, in this case, if it was uh, 110 uh, times, I'll say 6, it's 660 amps. Well, I can tell you in a short circuit of ground fault condition, it's going to be way higher than that. Provided you have provided an effective low impedance ground fault current path back, you've done everything properly, and that's why it's so important to do that, to give the overcurrent device a opportunity to activate properly. Okay, so again, it all works fine. It's not going to overload it, obviously. Okay, uh, and motors have their own overload requirements as well under uh, 430.32, I believe. So we're not covering the overloads, and we're not doing a motors class. But the key is to kind of wrap our head around, it's okay for us to size the conductor, and we've learned how to size the conductor, and yes, it's still considered protected. It's okay, right? Everything's fine. So anyway, that's a, that was a lot of info in, in this, you know, this podcast. Uh, so hopefully you got something out of it. You found that it was you know, beneficial to you. Again, um, for those that don't like my my teaching style uh, or whatever, or say that I'm too old or, or whatever, that's, uh, that's okay. That's all right. What is more comical to me is that you actually listen to my stuff and I just took away 20, 30 minutes of your time and you still are hating. So who won here? I won. You didn't win. <laughs> oh, anyway. For those that got something out of it, that's what I'm here for. So hopefully you did. Till next time, folks, stay safe. God bless. And remember, tune in to us 
every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time at youtube.com forward slash master the NEC, or you can go watch it and listen over on electricianlive.com as well. We'll we'll also broadcast it there. So if you'd rather listen from the website, go for it. Uh, And hopefully you share all of our podcasts and videos and you get something out of it. If you get one little thing out of it, that's all I need is to make sure you get it and make sure you share it with everybody. Till, Till next time, stay safe. God bless. You've been listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul 